This is Photo BizX, episode number 482, and today, something a little different, a genre we haven't talked about on the podcast before. I'm talking about prep school photography, and this will be applicable to you potentially if you are a commercial or a portrait photographer. It sounds to me like the perfect way to bring in a consistent income, stay creative, have fun, and bring in a terrific income. Our special guest who is doing exactly that is Seishu. He's based in Connecticut in the US, and that interview is coming up in just a minute. Are you planning to have a successful wedding and portrait photography business? Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and business experts to fast track your success. Welcome to the Photo Biz Exposed podcast with your host, Andrew Helmich. Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here from Impact Images and welcome to this episode of the podcast. Like I said earlier, we will be focusing on prep school or preparatory school photography. In addition to that, we're also going to be talking headshot photography, which is another part of Seishu's photography business. That's all coming up in just a minute. Before we get to that, if you didn't catch last week's episode with Shannon Lee, it's definitely worth getting back to listen to that one, particularly if you have any trouble at all talking about money, focusing on sales, on selling, on what to do to let a client go if they aren't a good fit for you. She has the perfect way, the perfect email or SMS message to send if you're faced with clients like that. But the big focus is on talking about money with your clients, what your prices are, when to have those conversations, how often you should have those conversations, and so much more. Shannon is from the Win Without Pitching team, and I know you'll get a ton from what she had to share last week. In other news, late last week, I was presenting for the Hair of the Dog Summit. We talked all about video and utilizing video in your business, which prompted me to think about re-releasing the daily vlog challenge. So if you are interested in learning how to get comfortable being yourself on video, if you want to learn how to use video in your photography business, whether it's for replying with video to lead inquiries, using video to get known in your local community, using video for your ads, for your social media, on your website, if you just want to get comfortable being yourself without being hyped up and crazy like you might see some personalities online, you can actually be yourself and connect so effectively with your ideal clients by using video. But if that scares you and you want to learn more about how to do that, the daily vlog challenge will be perfectly suited to you. I'm looking at kicking that off in October, so next month. If you are interested If we get enough numbers, I will run the course. It's a three-week challenge where you have to record a little video and send it to me, upload it to me every single day for the three-week period. We have weekends off and we slowly progress and get you very, very comfortable in a group environment at producing video every day. It's a lot of fun. A lot of PhotoBizX listeners and members have been through the training. So again, if you're interested and you want to learn more about that, head to photobizx.com forward slash waitlist. So it's photobizx.com forward slash waitlist. Enter your details there. I'll keep you posted if we go ahead and run that training in October. It's not expensive. It's great value, but you do have to make a commitment to upload that little video, less than two minutes every single day for that three weeks. That's how you're going to get better. 
at producing video and utilizing video in your business. So again, more details at photobizx.com forward slash waitlist. You're listening to Photo Biz Exposed with your host, Andrew Helmich. Okay, we're going to jump into this interview with Seishu in just a second. If you are hearing this announcement, it does mean you are listening to the free version of the podcast. Now, what that means is you won't hear the full interview today with Seishu. I am saving a large portion of the second half for premium members only. So if you would like to get access to the full interview today, simply head to photobizx.com forward slash try. And for $1, you can sign up for a 30-day trial membership, get access to the full back catalogue, including the interview today with Seishu. You'll get an invite into the members Facebook group. You can get to see what the whole thing is all about and what you're missing out on every single week. So photobizx.com forward slash try for more details on that. Welcome to another great eye for business. It's time for Andrew's special guest. Today's guest has been on my radar for years, and I originally learned about him through his photography blog, tiffinbox.org. Since then, we've had plenty of contact through the PhotoBizX membership, different online courses and online photography groups. And we were chatting a few weeks ago. I asked him, how's business going these days? And I was surprised to learn he's now juggling three different brands, one that serves prep schools, colleges, and universities, another for headshots, and a brand new brand for high school senior portraits, all with an expected turnover of $200,000 this year. He's based in Connecticut in the US. I'm talking about Seishu, and I'm wrapped to have him here with me now. Seishu, welcome to the podcast. It is such a pleasure to talk to you, Andrew. Thank you so much for having me. I don't know how you have time to even fit this interview in. You sound like a man on a mission. (laughs) Three different brands. Why do you do that to yourself? Well, partly because I love what I do. I really love photographing. I do love working with people. I like the idea of challenging myself in different genres. You know, each, each genre has its own level of difficulty, you know, working with people who have different needs. You know, they don't all come together and say, just take pictures of us, we'll be okay. You know, each brand, each service essentially has its own thing that is special about it. You know, for prep schools, for instance, it's about telling the story of the prep school and the prep school life, right? And for headshots, it's really about conveying a sense of confidence and approachability, which I'm sure you've heard of from other folks who've been on your show, right? It's taken the industry by storm in a way. You know, the headshot business is really booming, and for good reason, because I think we all need to be online, and we all have to present ourselves in such a positive and really a significant manner, right? So... As a father, <laughs> I have two teenagers. I started photograph. I've been photographing my sons, you know, since they were born, obviously. But when I got to a point where, you know, their achievements were starting to get really like they were starting to do things that were significantly amazing, in my opinion, right? Things that I hadn't done when I was their age. I was thinking, why are we not celebrating this, right? And I was photographing them and enjoying that process as well. And tell me, I'll tell you this much, you know, photographing teenagers is not easy. It's one of the most challenging things out there because you have to get, gain their confidence and you have to gain their trust even faster than a business executive. A business executive is more likely to, to be ready for the camera, you know, because they've been trained to be just camera ready all the time. You know, they present at conferences or whatever. But a, a 17-year-old or an 18-year-old, 
just needs a little bit more of a boost, right? So I love that aspect of it because again it's a challenge it's a challenge about making sure that someone feels comfortable in front of the camera and you know I'll go back to what I said before I love staying busy because and I love staying busy in different ways like they're not all the same kind of photography when I go out to photograph schools I'm taking a different piece of gear with me than I am photographing headshots or high school seniors you know it's, it's a mixed bag of all kinds of things. So that's why I, I love what I do. You sound like someone who still loves the photography side of things as much as the business side. Because to me, let's say that with the prep schools, if that had the potential to bring in you know, $200,000 on its own, you know, would you focus all your attention there? Or would you still see yourself splitting your time between different genres? That's a great question. You know, I feel like it's less about the money and really more about the variety of photo shoots I have access to. It's not because I get easily bored. I mean, I'll be honest, I live in New England. You already said I live in Connecticut. So you know, or I should tell you, uh, that we have four distinct seasons here, right? And as winter approaches in January, February, and March, things slow down considerably. And for years, I couldn't figure out, like, what would I do? What should I do? You know, because... The phone stops ringing for high school senior photos. The phone stops ringing for family sessions because nobody wants to go out when it's, you know, 15 degrees outside, right? So, and then I just came upon Peter Hurley's, you know, teaching and learned from him and from a whole host of people, you know, this this genre of headshot photography. And now I can, in my home studio, I can easily create any number of those during those quieter times, right? That kind of thing keeps me on my toes and keeps me busy. And I've learned from a variety of people who, some of whom have actually been on your show, to market the photography side. So to answer your question, I love the photography side of things, but I'm starting to love and really fall in love with the business side of things as well. Nice. nice. So of the three genres that you're currently focusing on, is one, and does one stand out as being way more successful? Or does one come more easily to you than the other two? So I've been photographing at prep schools for 12 years now. And interestingly, I started photographing at a prep school as I was winding down my wedding photography business. And I was at a wedding on a prep school campus when I was tapped on the shoulder by the director of admissions. And I was asked, hey, would you like to teach here? And I was at a point where I was like, I was so burned out by weddings. And I was like, I was ready to make the next move. And I said, yes, let's do this. You know, so literally within days, I had an interview and I got the job and I was teaching at the school. And then, you know, two days after that, someone said, hey, we've got an event coming up. Would you be able to take photographs? They'd seen me working at this wedding. So I was like, of course, I'm happy to. And then I got started photographing for the same school and then quickly transitioned from teaching to fully photographing for the school for four years. So I photographed for the school for four years, and that whole process started to just come together for me. Because each year, the events are the same, but the people are different. I don't know if that makes sense. It does. So I'm curious about a couple of things. First of all, is that the most successful part of the three separate brands? I think I think it is at this time. I would say photographing at prep schools is the most consistent in terms of a payday for me because I have running retainers uh, with the schools for the entire year. 
So I know every month, I know exactly what each of the schools is going to be sending me. I know exactly which events I'm going to be photographing. So there's some consistency in that entire process, which I love. And for my very ADD brain or ADHD brain, I think, is just to to have that structure is very helpful. And it keeps my wife very happy because she knows <laughs> there's a check coming in the mail every month, you know? Absolutely. So have you got multiple schools now that you're doing work for, not just that one? Correct. Correct. Yes. I do have the capacity, believe it or not, to have one more school to work with. And I'm actively pursuing, you know, connecting with directors of marketing or communications for each of these schools who are doing the hiring for for the photography for their schools. And, you know, to be honest with you, it's not a given that because the schools have such a high percentage of people coming to their schools or, you know, their, their high-value schools, let's put it that way, it means that they value the photography. You know, they find other solutions for their needs, which is fine. But at the same time, I keep trying. I do have to keep marketing my own business as well. Absolutely. Okay, so should let me ask you a few things about this because I'm curious. First of all, what is a prep school? We don't use that term in Australia. I don't think they do in the UK either. Oh, right, right. Absolutely. So a prep school is uh, short for college preparation, a preparatory school. And these are schools designed to prepare students to really finish high school and go to college for sure. I mean, this is like a, a pathway that they have carved out and they're private. So they're, you know, typically, uh, you know, schools the way you, you know, parents have to pay a significant amount of money to send their kids to school. So these schools, these prep schools, they're expensive, they're private, the parents have to pay a significant amount of money for them. Correct. So like in Australia, and I think the UK as well, I'm not sure about Canada, but the kids here will go to year 12, so 12 years of schooling, and then go straight into university. So are you saying there's another stage in between for your kids? No, no, no. This is in lieu of the 9th, 10th, and 11th, and 12th grades. Okay, right. They just have those same grades at a, at a different location. Instead of going to the public school, public high school, they go to the private high school. That's, not, that's about it. Got it. Okay, and this is the prep school. Okay, so these guys, they need to market their business, their school. Heavily. To attract these parents, these kids. Correct. Right, so they need photographers and photography. Correct. Got it. Okay. So tell me then, so you start photographing at this first prep school. They start using you as a photographer. Um, obviously, you saw there was a market here and you were enjoying those photography sessions. So what are you photographing? You're photographing kids in class, in the playground, doing sports, all those things. Correct. Absolutely. Every single thing that you mentioned right there. What they want to do is to tell the story of the prep school, of the life on the prep school. These campuses are gorgeous, absolutely stunning. They look like mini colleges in a way you know they're really like truly if you walked into one of these uh, your heart would jump up because they are so beautifully maintained and you know really details matter right and so when you walk in the one thing that strikes me every single time i go onto either one of those campuses is that the students are i don't know what they're told or they're just i mean they're just like they are they're always ready to greet people right and you won't ever find that at a public school. Like, in a public school, nobody cares, really. But at a private school, students are geared to become better human beings, I think. And I think they're nudged along to be nice to folks who are not part of their community, you know, and really 
connect with those that are coming on to campus all the time. So it's it's a, it's a pleasure. It's a real pleasure to be on campuses because they're they really are actively interested in what I'm doing and they're there to do their thing. You know, so it's a nice mix of things for sure. Sure. So it sounds like you're doing sort of branding photography slash commercial photography slash portraiture, like all for the same business. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, they do keep me busy, for sure, yeah. Well, okay, and then you, you said earlier that you have a retainer. So does the school enter into a contract agreement with you to pay you a certain amount? And what do you have to deliver for that amount? So there is a retainer agreement, uh, usually signed in the middle of June after the schools have wrapped up their year in, at the end of May. So after you know graduation or commencement takes place, a couple of weeks go by, and then I schedule a time to go in and talk to the directors of marketing and communication, and we figure out exactly what's going to happen the next year and figure out how many events they need coverage for, essentially how many times I'll be on campus every week. And then we come up with a number that's it's a happy number for both of us. And then, you know, the business office essentially starts cutting me checks every month. Right. That sounds great. Of course, I do have to show up every month <laughs> to <laughs> photograph on campus. And everything is really very elegantly put in a calendar so that nobody misses anything. Uh, we are careful about not having one school schedule something on the same day as the other school. Ideally, it's, it's so far has kept everybody happy. And, you know, I show up, I photograph the event, I turn it around, I turn the photographs around after editing the photographs, after selecting first and then editing. They don't really want 2,000 photographs from every single event. You know, they really are looking for the very best, maybe 150, 200 photographs, you know. And then I send that up through ShootProof, uh, shout out to Shootproof because without them, I really couldn't do what I do. They've been super helpful to me. And I send the photographs to them through a, a private gallery where they can download the photographs and use it on their own website, for their own social media for sure. And then some, both of the uh, schools have really beautiful magazines that these photographs end up in as well. So that's where these things end up being used. Right. Did you say you go in there weekly or monthly or does it depend on what they've got scheduled? When the school starts in September, which it has, I'm on both campuses at least once or twice a week. Oh, wow. Yeah. So this is really a consistent workload. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then do you have a shot list for every day or every time that you go in there or do you just walk around and see what's going on? You know, one of the things I've loved about both the schools is that they've allowed me to do what I do best or I feel I do best, which is really photograph all the events as a photojournalist would, you know, essentially bringing my editorial approach to everything that I'm seeing in front of me, for the most part. Now, there are times when I do bring in my lights and my, you know, my modifiers and do a, a proper portrait session for the magazine. I mean, there's that portion of it as well. But for the most part, when I walk into classrooms, I'm just going at it with my lenses and my cameras and my, you know, little speed lights and doing the best I can. I am running to classroom after classroom, looking for moments, looking for those interactive moments, really, because that's what the school wants to tell the world is about how engaged their students are with their teachers, especially because the student-to-teacher ratio is ridiculous. I mean, it's, it's so small. The classrooms are tiny, right? So that's the story that they want to 
constantly convey to their public, to their audience, which is the parents, to the alums, and obviously to those donors who are really ready to send them big checks, you know. Sure. So when you turn up to the school, I'm guessing you go and check in at reception, and then do you have carte blanche to just go where you want and photograph what you want, or do they say, no, you know, you need to give us an itinerary, we need to know which classrooms you're going to be in so we can let the students and the teachers know? So initially it was sort of a a chaotic kind of a situation where, you know, we didn't know what was happening, and I would just walk around and photograph, and sometimes I'd see a lot of things happening, and sometimes there would be nothing. Now what's happened is that there is a little bit more coordination with the teachers. So I know, you know, some teachers have certain activities in the classrooms that will just lend themselves visually really well. And so they convey that to my contact, which is the director of communications. And he then tells me or she then tells me, yeah, there's something going on in science or biology or whatever. And even history class, you know, they could be doing some exercise that just is more engaging than just people sitting at the desk looking at the, you know, at the teacher, which is nobody wants that. So, I mean, they do at some point, they do want to see that too. But I think most often they want to see, you know, students interacting with each other or students interacting with the teacher. And so that's really all, it's not, there's no such thing as a shot list, but at the same time, it's sort of like a, here, we suggest you go into this classroom or we suggest you go into here because there's something going on that might catch your eye. And then they just let me do what I do. You know, there is no overseeing how I do things or anything like that, which is great. Fantastic. This sounds so good. Like It sounds like a really nice job to have as far as subjects and subject matter and changes and reliability. Yeah, I feel so blessed, honestly, because number one, I love what I do, but it's also awesome that they love what I do. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> which is a good thing to have, really, because every May or June when we sit down to talk, I always like to sit and find out, hey, how could I do things better or what could I do things differently this next year when we work together? And I mean, honestly, the last two or three years, it's just been, hey, just do the same thing you've been doing. It's great. We're getting good feedback from the parents. We're getting good, great feedback from the alums. You know, everyone's really enjoying the work in in the magazines that we're producing. I mean, that's honestly great. I mean, it's really heartwarming for me to be able to continue doing this work. And it's hard work, but at the same time, it's rewarding work as well. Absolutely. And you said, Seishu, that you keep talking about events, but then you've talked about classroom activities. So are there other like additional events you've got to be there for as well? Well, you know, every year, both schools have, you know, Grandparents Day. They have a day when the parents come on campus and actually attend classes with their students, with their sons or daughters. And those are really like so interesting to watch because parents don't know what the heck they're doing really, <laughs> you know, in the classroom. And, you know, they're sometimes put on the spot to solve a math problem or answer a science question or, you know, they'll be asked about a historical event. Uh, You know, it's been a while since they've been in class, right? So they just are so out of touch. But they see that their sons or their daughters are responding in a way that is just showing them how the learning takes place. And that is a beautiful thing because, again, then they're starting to see the good things are happening to our kids. So we're in a good place. It is about making them feel like what they've done for their child is a good thing, a positive thing. So the money they're spending is going to good use. Absolutely. And it is. I mean, I've sat through these classes without photographing, actually. And it's amazing. The level of teaching is such a high level. 
and I feel like I'm learning things uh, <laughs> all anew. Uh, really, it's been fun. So these events, these are all mapped out at the start of the year. So you've got uh, you know, Grandparents Day, Parents Day, I'm guessing swimming and athletics carnivals, all these different things, they're mapped out. Sure. So you've got to be there for those days for the schools that you have. Absolutely. So just tell me, let's talk about the business side of these jobs or these prep school sessions. Do you price based on an hourly rate, on how many images you deliver? How do you work out you know, this retainer value? That's a great question. You know, honestly, it comes down to, it comes down to what, I charged them before, in a way, and also what their budget is for next year. Because a lot of their budget is dictated by their board. So at some point, you know, they will start to talk about, hey, can we make these adjustments to the annual retainer? And I will turn around and then say, we can based on how many events we've got. I mean, let's say, you know, they want to pay $2,000 a month, as an example. Well, at $2,000 a month, they get a certain number of you know, events that I can cover, a certain number of hours, not hours. I don't like to do it by hours, to be honest with you, because I'm the kind of photographer that wants to be there in the beginning and stay through the end. And I want to be able to just get the whole thing, you know. So I really don't talk to them about hourly. I don't ever bring it up. It's really about events. And, and we have a sense like, okay, this event, the Grandparents Day event is going to be six hours you know, it's going to take me X amount of hours to process the photographs, and it's going to take me, you know, about an hour to upload the photographs, you know. So I have an idea approximately how much this is, and the value is really in delivering the photographs to them so they get to use their photographs right away. And for me to be able to get those monthly checks on a regular basis in a timely fashion. So I think that's where the value is. I mean, the fact is that they pay me a certain amount to show up on time to deliver the photographs. And to do a great job, of course, but also, you know, they in turn say, okay, we promise you we're going we're gonna to send you these checks on a timely basis. And they have been. They've been awesome, you know. So I don't know if I've sort of circled around your question a little bit, but... Okay, let, let me be more blunt. So it's $2,000 a month. Is that uh, what you do charge? Uh, no, it's more than that. It's more than that. For each of the schools, are you, are you looking for real numbers, Andrew? Yep. <laughs> I sure am. <laughs> four thousand a month. Right, I mean, right. four thousand a month is that realistic? Let's just say it's an average of three, three thousand to three thousand five hundred a month for each school. Okay, great, fantastic. Would that be that be because I don't want to get one school in trouble over the other. So absolutely, no, that's fine. That's great. So because what I'm curious about now is that you said earlier that you've got room to bring on one more school. You've got time to fit in one more school, and it sounds like a great idea because. You've got these monthly retainers, you've got consistent work, it's fun work, it's varied work, you haven't got someone looking over your shoulder. I mean, it sounds like a great style of photography to pursue for anyone listening. Absolutely, yes. I mean, for me, where I am, I know straight away there's two or three schools, they put out prospectuses every year, and these books, they're trying to attract new students. And, you know, parents are paying $50,000, $60,000, $80,000 a year for their kids to go to these schools. So they have great photography, good photographers producing this work. So when you go to another school, say you've got a school in mind, another prep school for you personally, what's the the routine or how do you pursue them? Well, typically it would be, you know, a contact with the director of communications or marketing. You know, it's usually that person who's in charge of hiring the photographers or working with photographers and videographers, by the way, you know, they've, done, they've started to do a lot of video work now, especially with TikTok and social, you know, Instagram 
going the video route, they've really started doing that. kind of, And I have not touched video, by the way. So it's all of what I do is still photography. So I would talk to that person who's in charge and set up a meeting to say, hey, I'd love to come in and, and just chat and see what kinds of things that you are doing here and then talk about what your needs are uh, moving forward. You know, some schools are very good about making those appointments and sticking to it, and some of them are simply... You know, they got other things come up and have not been able to commit to anything. But I think I think that opens a door to a conversation that, you know, could possibly get into, you know, a monthly retainer situation. I don't know. I've had really good luck with these two schools. And, you know, I continue to do to think that if I just you know stick to these two schools, I might be just fine, to be honest with you, with, given that my headshot business is picking up quite a bit. And so I don't need to you know, run off to another school in the middle of the week while, you know, I'm photographing on Tuesdays and Fridays the headshot clients who come through. And I'm okay with that, you know. If I'm making money in in a different genre of photography, that's fine. But at the same time, I think, like, okay, there's this amazing school down the road that, you know, I'd love to be, you know, I'd love to contribute to. And I've reached out to them multiple times and nothing so far. There are actually two more prep schools down the road from where I live. There are quite a few here, by the way, in Connecticut. That's the beauty of Connecticut is that there are prep schools. You throw a stone, you're going to hit one. You know, It's really that prevalent, and it may happen. It may just happen that I find a way into another school. So when you go about trying to reach out, is it LinkedIn? Is it direct email? Is it a phone call to the receptionist? How do you try and make contact? So the second school, I got my foot in the door. I'll tell you how that worked out. Sure. So one of the things these prep schools do is they have events where they compete against each other. So when they compete against each other, especially track and field events, when there was a lull in the action for the school I was actually photographing for, I noticed this other school was running around and I happened to go out and take a photograph that I felt was a little bit different than what I'd seen on their website or whatever. And so I used that as a lark to get into, you know, I just sent the director of communications an email saying, hey, by the way, I just photographed the school Here's a photograph for you to use on your Instagram or whatever. Go at it. Feel free. It's my little gift to you. But I'd love to be able to sit down and chat with you about what's happening on your campus. And literally a week went by and I got an email back saying, yeah, we're looking for somebody to come and take pictures because our current photographer is not well, you know, and he's, he's battling cancer. And so, I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I don't want to... I don't want to feel like I sort of took advantage of somebody else, but at the same time, it just... A door opened. It was just an opportunity to just yeah. just sort of came my way. The timing was right, you know, and, you know, really more than anything else, the conversation I had with the director of communications to the second school just told me that this is great. This is going to work out fantastic. I mean, his first words, if I remember correctly, was that we've seen your work before. And I was like, I was like, What? Cause, and I had no idea. I had no idea. Because I thought I had to bring a book and, you know, show pictures on a, an iPad or anything. No, no. He goes, we've seen your work. We just want to get a sense of who you are and what kind of things you'd like to do. And, you know, what is it that you can do for us here? And so that's how the conversation there began. And I don't expect every single conversation to, to be that way. But at the same time, no. I, that told me right there that the directors of marketing for all of these schools do get together and share what each of them are doing back and forth so they know what the other school is doing and who's working for who. And 
That blew my mind a little bit. They probably saw the social media, you know, and things and books and things like that from the other schools as well. I'm sure they, you know, as we are, we're aware of what other people in our industries are doing. Absolutely. So you go to start working for that second school. Do they start you off, you know, can you just do a, a day here, a day there? Or do you go in and do you immediately start talking about retainers and contracts? So if my memory serves me right, initially it was mostly a day here, a day there. Because I don't think they were ready to transition completely into the retainer idea, which was okay. You know, I was fine with that because I was getting paid a lot more for my daily rate anyway. So it worked out to a point where they started to see that I was producing the work that they really needed, you know. And that's where I think the, the value was like, okay, let's have this guy on campus more often, you know. And I told them that. I said, you know, the best photography comes from being seen so often that my audience, my, my, not my audience, their audience, their students start to forget that I'm there in the room, you know. That's not going to happen on day one when I show up with my cameras because they're all, you know, posing for Instagram, you know. And so, you know, I've told them both, both schools, I said, just have me on campus often enough that they know that I'm a photographer for the school. And so they've understood that fairly well, I think. And that's one of the reasons I think I'm on campus as often as I expressed it. You know, I think being seen in classrooms, on the sidelines of fields, you know, at events where parents are, you know, they all understand that I'm not just some stranger with a camera. I am, you know, stationing the photographer who's been hired for the, by the school to come and photograph these events. And it's, so far, knock on wood, it's going really well. That's so good. I'm just curious because I know that like contracts and utilizing lawyers and things are um, certainly big around the world, but especially so in the States. Do you then hire a lawyer once the conversation comes up about retainers or is that the school does that? I believe the second school drew up a contract and I read through it and there was some language in there that didn't sit well with me and I pointed it out to them and they took it out. And honestly, it's a very simple contract. It's a very simple language contract. It's not not in... um, you know, lawyer language. Legalese. <laughs> Legalese, as they say. No, it's not. It's very easy to understand. It just spells out, you know, what I'm expected to do and how I'm supposed to behave. You know, that's very important, especially on a school grounds. You know, what is it that they are going to do in terms of payments, in terms of how many payments throughout the year, uh, when I can expect that check. And they're really so good to me, honestly, that I mean, really, I feel really blessed by, by having to work with both the schools, really. That is awesome. That is so good. The other thing I just wanted to double check before we move on is do you need to have specific insurances or cover or working with children checks, things like that? Like, I don't even know if you have that in the States. We do here in Australia. do. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. So you have to have all those things? Yes. Yes. I had to take a test, actually. And it was a training, online training about, you know, essentially talking about, you know, how to deal with uh, is it a working with children's type test? Yeah, essentially it's working with children. And if you see something, you got to bring it to the attention of the, of the administration. Yeah, it was just really for the first time. I mean, I had to do this only two years ago and I didn't realize how important it was. And it is important. It is important that they have people working on campus that they can trust. Right. And they can say, OK, that person's been certified to be on campus and, you know, he or she is able to work with students in a, without supervision. You know, ideally, 
that's what I would like because I don't want somebody hovering around while I'm making photographs of a, of a situation in front of me because the attention then splits. So, yeah, I mean, it's to a point where you have to take these tests and you do have insurance that you do have to have insurance and show proof of insurance every uh, start of the year. Right. Okay. And then as far as what you wear on site, do you have to wear, you know, a photography vest or something to say you're part of the school? Or you just wear regular clothes. Premium members of PhotoBiz Exposed hear more of the best photography business strategies from every guest. So although it feels like it's referral based, it still sounds like it's originating with LinkedIn. That seems to be the platform where we are finding. So LinkedIn is good for headshot leads and Google, of course. You know, thanks to my website and thanks to uh, Richard Wayne. I don't know if Richard's been on your show. Yes, he has. Yeah. <laughs> Richard built my site. I've got to say this. <laughs> Kudos to Richard, honestly. My site was just absolute crap, and then Richard came in and fixed things up. And I love it. It's so clean. It's super clean. It, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. There's one it's, call to action. It's Yeah, I love it. It's really cool. Absolutely. And, and trust me, he and I, when we get on uh, Zoom to talk about the website, we do argue a little bit, but he usually wins <laughs> because he knows his stuff. Well, you've been dropping some names, Sasha, so I'm going to link to those different interviews in the show notes. Oh, my God. Yeah, you should. You should. These are brilliant, brilliant people, really. Honestly, Andrew, your you know, depository or your library of amazing interviews here should all be listened to. You know? <laughs> Thank you, man. Just put it on repeat, guys. Put it on repeat. <laughs> Thank you. Too kind. Honestly. I know, no, I'm serious. There's gold in each one of them, man, you know? Oh, good. All you do is uh, take notes, start paying attention, and acting on it, you know, really? Some of the, you can't act on all of it. You can act on some of it. But sure. you, and when you start seeing results, come back and listen some more. I love it. I love it. Well, Sasha, mate, you've been an amazing guest. I'm, I'm thinking, I'm sure that listeners are going to be saying the same thing about your interview. People are going to be exploring. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, they're going to be exploring the universities and the schools as potential sources of income. I love that idea. They're going to be looking at your website, probably filling out your uh, <laughs> your contact form. <laughs> Say hi from me if you do that, if you're listening. Uh, Seishu, I'm going to link to the different websites you have, your social media profiles. Massive thanks for coming on and doing this. We've been talking about it for a couple of years, so really good to finally do it. So again, massive thanks. You're most welcome, and I am so pumped to be able to do this as well. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Seishu as much as I did. Seishu, if you are listening, again, thank you so much for coming on, for sharing so much about your business, for sharing a new genre with us in prep school photography. It sounds like a great business model and something that any listener could implement into their business, whether they are a commercial or a portrait photographer. And you know what? Even if you are a wedding photographer, this would be a great genre to add weekday work, weekday photography work to your business. For you, the listener, yeah, look, I do hope you got a ton from what Seishu had to share, whether it was in regards to his prep school photography or his headshot photography. Make sure you go and check out his websites. I've got links to those in the show notes. And this week they are at photobizx.com forward slash 482. You'll also see examples of his beautiful work, links to anything and everything that he mentioned. It's all there in that one spot on the show notes page. Alrighty, that is going to wrap up this episode of the podcast. Don't forget, if you are interested in the daily vlog challenge for October, head to photobizx.com forward slash waitlist. If there is enough interest, I'll get that course up and running in October for you. 
Either way, you absolutely should be utilizing video in your business. It's such an easy way to connect with your prospective clients, even if it's utilizing video replies to email inquiries. They work so, so well. Alrighty, that is enough from me for this week. I hope you have a fantastic week wherever you are in the world. I hope business is going great guns and I hope you are staying safe, healthy and well. I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. If you have enjoyed this episode, head to photobizx.com. Join the conversation, leave a comment and share your thoughts on the interview with Andrew and today's special guest. 